0: yo what's up welcome to kind of funny games daily for friday may 21st 2021 i'm one of your hosts blessing adio jr joining me is tim ma fucking Gettys.
1: i know it's not the out today se- section of the show yet mm-hmm. but i just want to start it off saying out today is olivia rodrigo's album <clears throat> sour and i haven't listened to it yet but i can't wait to get off this show and to inject it into my eardrums my tim, ear holes Blessing, i've
0: been listening to it literally all morning hell yeah and let was. me tell you Let me tell you, Olivia Rodrigo, she has a future ahead of her. Uh You know, like she's uh she's gonna make it out the hood with this one. (laughs) This one is is hitting different. Like literally from 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 the get go, from track one. Track one, I believe, is brutal. And let me tell you, that thing that thing knocks from the get go. It is an album.
1: She is a sad, sad girl. But I hope that in, in reality, she's happy. Because she deserves happiness more than anyone I've ever met. Oh, my met. God. Blessing. Oh, my God. We must protect her. Yeah, she deserves the cost. world. But yeah, shout <laughs> out like, Tim-
2: driver's license going into one step forward, three steps back. Ooh, going into deja vu. Then good
0: for you, bro. Oh, my what God. A sequence of songs, Blessing. What like this, the, al- the album songs. sequencing is also excellent. That's it's not so something I, I shout out as much on, like, on pop albums. Like, I don't really care about su- sequencing that much. Yeah. But she fucking... She destroyed, or I should say, they, because I know it's a whole team. But they destroyed the singing, yeah. and like, she destroyed. She destroyed the singing. Like they fucking killed it. What, what a great uh, album! I said before the
2: recording that uh, it's giving me my Lord fix, uh, but also like good for you is giving me that like Avril Lavigne fucking uh, feel as well. I mean, no Doubty a little bit, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's so. Good.
0: I like over the years, I've always I've always seen Greg talk about how much he loves Taylor Swift, and that's always been a thing that's struck me as interesting because yeah. Greg Miller doesn't strike me as like. At first, blush, a Taylor Swift fan, right? Like this Uh guy, late thirties, listening to listening to Taylor. And I've always like I've always been like, you know what, man? People have their taste. People love what they love. Mm -hmm. But man, listening to this Olivia Rodrigo album, I get it now because the whole first song is about how tough it is being seventeen. And listening to it, I'm like, and I'm like, I'm listening, I'm like. Yo, she's saying some shit right now. She's saying like,
1: like, I, I have I a driver's
0: license. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I have a driver's license. I can relate to this. Oh my god. Everybody I go listen to Olivia Rodrigo album, it's incredible. Also, watch High School Musical The Musical, the series. It's on it's on right now, Disney Plus. Episode two just dropped yesterday. But Tim, mm-hmm. that's not what this, this show is about. This show is about video games and video game news. So let's talk about as I accidentally open Photoshop and it does the thing where it opens for like five minutes straight and I can't get it off the stream. Let's talk about. Netflix getting into video games, Overwatch changing the game, and more because this is kind of funny games daily. You should never eat that at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news needs to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily to be proud of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you remember today we're streaming for the palestine children's relief fund at 11 a.m pacific time right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games uh you can start donating and learning about the charity right now on kind of funny.com slash palestine and let me tell you we we opened up the link uh at the beginning of the week and you guys have been smashing the goals left and right our previous goal was twenty five thousand dollars, and you guys have already smashed past that which has been incredible to see really yeah. yeah. Oh we're, yeah, we're, we're past almost that. at 26,000. The beginning
2: of the week like like Greg has been saying like when we opened it up on Monday, uh, the goal was $5,000 and it was one of those things of like we might get a little bit of that throughout the week and then like really push for it on Friday uh and like uh, hopefully make it and stuff like that. The fact that the best friends have shown up so strongly uh and that we keep like uh making new benchmarks and the the best friends keep hitting them is just a, 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 if I fills all of our hearts yeah,
0: it's you know. it's truly incredible like every now and then i get a strong thing. reminder i get a strong reminder about how awesome it is that we have the kind of funny community and this has been another one of those ones where it's like damn totally. this is incredible you guys totally you know, showed up
1: with that right now we are at twenty five thousand eight hundred and sixteen dollars. by the end of kind of funny games daily i want us to be at that 26k shouldn't be hard just a couple hundred away kind of com slash palestine
0: Yeah, thank you, best friends. Also, thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Tom Bach. Today, we're brought to you by Caviar and Credit Karma, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Oprah Report. (laughs) It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Oh, my God. Oh it's my so God. It's so funny when it sounds like you get sucked out of a spaceship yeah. and it's sucked back in. <laughs> uh, the kids that was incredible. That. That,
2: that, that's just Discord on your guess, that's
0: you guys. That's only us. That's breaking the Discord damn. barrier. That's fantastic. Yeah. Story number one Netflix really wants to get into video games. I'm pulling from Nicole Carpenter at Polygon. Netflix is reportedly searching for an executive to head up an expansion into video games, according to a report published Friday by The Information. The report suggests Ooh. Netflix has approached. That sounds like, like a uh, almost like a secret organization right there. Mm-hmm. The information. The report suggests Netflix has approached multiple veteran game industry executives regarding the position, which would expand its efforts into video games. The information reported that Netflix is considering a bundle of games available via su- a subscription like Apple Arcade. Uh, the Apple bundle launched in 2019 with a number of exclusives and timed exclusive games available for $4.99 a month. Apple has continued to support the platform by adding new games at a, at a pretty, pretty consistent pace. A Netflix spokesperson told Polygon the company is, quote, excited to do more with interactive entertainment, end quote. Quote, our members value the, the variety and quality of our content. It's why we've continually expanded our offering from series to documentaries, film, local language originals, and reality TV. Members also enjoy engaging, engaging more directly with stories they love. Through interactive shows like Bandersnatch and U V Wild, U versus Wild, or games based on Stranger Things, La Casa de Papel, and to all the boys we love, all to all the boy, to all the boys, I see. Uh, we're excited to do more with interactive entertainment. and quote. Tim, before we even get into this, to all the boys, does to all the boys have a interactive thing? Do they have a video game? No, you know no, no.
1: They're, they're saying that like with this, they could. Like okay. they're saying all, all the properties they have the the rights to. Gotcha, there could gotcha, be dope gotcha. games based on them. And I can imagine gotcha. a game based on "Tell the Boys I Left Before" being interesting.
0: Yeah, no, that could be. I mean, we got the Stranger Things game, and that was definitely that was definitely a game that came out. Stranger Things mm-hmm. three. Uh, yeah. where do you where are you at with this whole thing? Like, do you think where what? How do you think Netflix takes this?
1: Uh, do I don't they think take they this? take it anywhere. I, I think that this is one of those things that is a news story today, but probably won't be talked about in the future. You know, Netflix has kind of dipped its toes into the the waters of video games before. I remember at the last E three the last in-person e3 which must have been 2019 uh during the jeff Keighley show netflix was there in a, in a big way uh there was a whole bunch of different conversations with them talking about their games and stuff and that included the stranger things three game but uh jumping ahead to this i think that it this is a money move clearly it's just them trying to diversify the revenue streams and all that trying to figure out where else they can kind of like drain some money out of people um and you know these subscription services are kind of not the way of the future they're the way of the now it's it's happening and the the game space is uh kind of trying to develop that and figure out what it looks like with things like game pass and apple arcade and whatever it could look like on netflix i imagine would be part of the netflix um subscription not an additional subscription mm-hmm. just to kind of add value to what they have because they need to compete with the likes of Disney Plus and HBO Max just kind of gobbling things up and getting more and more powerful in the streaming space. Um but I think that this news is kind of like eh whatever, nothing really good's going to come from it with the exception of more things potentially like Bandersnatch. I think interactive TV shows is probably a a, a wiser course for Netflix to go down than video games themselves or mm-hmm. video games based on their properties.
0: Yeah. I think there is potential there in terms of what you can do with it i don't necessarily want to see netflix try to produce video games you know that's not like i I feel like when the the times we've seen uh big tech tech companies try to infiltrate the video game space and not not understand it fully you, you see things like google stadia happen or you see things like uh um what was the amazon multiplayer game that came out and then didn't come out the next week like they took it back you know you see you see you see big companies think that that because they they have the position they do in the space they can come through and easily make it happen and then realize that oh wait no this is way more work than it actually seems right like putting out for google stadia putting out first party games is way more work than we would have expected uh i don't think we're gonna see that come out in netflix i think what what you could see is maybe them uh, do more licensing stuff. I think there's a. I think this presents the opportunity of, all right, what if you saw Netflix do what Marvel Games is doing or what we've mm-hmm. seen, like what Star Wars is doing, right? Like hit up the, the division team to work on a new game. Uh, what if Netflix did that with their properties, especially since they've kind of dipped their toes into that a little bit with the Stranger Things game?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder if that is a route. Uh, totally. I wonder if that route would work for them
1: yeah i mean i think that is the the right place for them to to start at the very least because they do have valuable ip they do have a lot of ip that could translate very well to video games if uh handed to the right team so yeah i think a, a more star wars a modern star wars like approach would be very wise of them but i i also can see this just kind of turning into just a a playlist or whatever like a a a a row Inter- on, yeah. on netflix that's just kind of yeah interactive, interactive whatever, not, experiences exactly which is kind of cool i don't know what uh the meat or uv wild is do you know
0: no i my i thought that was like a man versus wild like spinoff or some shit that's what it sounds like but i'm not positive kind of com okay. slash you wrong if you have any clarification on uv wild being snatch uh, was uh, one
1: the, the the chat's already saying yeah it is uh UV Wild is a 2019 interactive American adventure reality TV series. It okay. revolves around making key decisions to help Bear grills navigate in harsh, yeah. scary environments. Hell, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Hell, yeah. Interesting.
0: Okay. Banner Snatch was one that I tried, and I thought should have been better than, than it was. You know, like, mm-hmm. for it being, one, Black Mirror, but then also it being this, you know, interactive, choose-your-own-adventure thing. I was hoping that that would be way better than it was, and by the time I finished it, I was like, all right, that was that was whatever i would like to i would like to see that stuff work because i think there's something there like there's a reason why uh you've seen both me and greg jump into like ran the random fmv games that drop on playstation like i played the complex i played erica back when that came out uh mm. i forgot i forget the name of the one that greg tried out that he talked about on ps i love you um but like i think there's something there and something special that you can tap into that yeah uh 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 can be really good for the experience of it like the gimmick of it cool yeah let's choose our own adventure for a dumb story or like let's have a horror experience that really speaks to the idea of yeah like this is a cinematic thing but it doesn't have to be a a full gameplay experience, but also doesn't have to be, like, a fucking cinematic masterpiece. Like, let's put out yeah. something that's fun to do that uh, gives that satisfaction of being involved in the horror, of being involved in the story. I think there's a lot of potential for that, but I think it I think it also involves like just treating those things the right way and giving them the TLC that they need in order to be fun experiences.
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, a couple months back, they, uh, a documentary about Nickelodeon came out. The The Orange Years is what it was called, um, about mm-hmm. the, the rise of Nickelodeon in the 80s and, and into the 90s. And uh, something I thought was really interesting was them talking about Nick Jr and how the uh, the advent of that was really like a a, a bigger boon than you would have expected um for cuz like we credit obviously the Nicktoons and Rugrats and all that stuff but it's like Nick Jr was just as important uh because it was speaking to an even younger audience that was always at home always able to watch TV and the big thing there was uh Blue's Clues changing Hell the yeah. game where it was keeping these little kids' uh, attention because it was interactive. They would do the thing Mm -hmm. of, like, they would wait and have the kid point, like, where's Blue? Oh, it's up there, whatever. And uh, then that obviously kind of later turned into Dora the Explorer Explorer, Diego and all that stuff. And uh, what is that for adults? You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that's something that we haven't really cracked Mm -hmm. yet. But once that's figured out, uh, something that is – able to be watched and enjoyed by adults, but, you know, still feels like it's stimulating them and that they're actually a part and making the decisions in the same way these kids feel like they're helping Blue find these clues. <laughs> you know what I mean? That yeah. could be really interesting. But yeah, so far, Bandersnash wasn't really it. Even on the video game side, they haven't really nailed it, like with Erica and, and things like that. But so. we,
0: we've had like... Th- Things like you know, Until Dawn, which is way more of a g- game experience than something like Erica, which is literally live action. You know, I, we've, ha- we've had we've uh, had uh, hints of that and hints of genius with that, with something like mm-hmm. Until Dawn, mm-hmm. and like even the oh. the um, Quantic Dream games, right? That people can like, are like on either side of in terms of yeah. loving it or absolutely Detroit. hating them. Uh, but like Detroit: Become Human is another example of like, yeah, there's something there, right? People like the butterfly effect thing. People, I think uh, a lot of people are appreciative of what those games go for, like. There's a way to marry those experiences in terms of the cinematic with the the um, choose your own thing or the the uh, uh, interactive that I think can I think can work and that I think if Netflix can tap into the right way can really be great for them. But mm-hmm. one, that's gonna be a challenge, uh, and two, that's like a th- that, I don't even know if they'll get that far <laughs> with it with it being Netflix and it being like a thing of like, all right, how much do they really want to put into? actually going hard and actually yeah. putting in the work that in, that that they need to make that work to make i that mean good.
1: they're they're gonna have to do something because netflix is losing the market share and it, it's gonna take time they're in a fantastic place they have more subscriptions than anyone else right now but will that be true in a couple of years if they don't find and identify kind of different verticals for them to to add to their portfolio to be able to stack up and compete because at mm. some point, it's like, they are orig- they will be the last place for just truly original content. But how much that's going to be made when you're competing with literally fucking Star Wars?
0: Yeah, exactly. Tim, speaking of big changes, uh, story number two, Overwatch 2 is changing to a 5v5 game. This is from Michael McWhorter uh, at Polygon. Big changes yes. are coming for Overwatch 2, starting with a substantial alteration to the hero shooter's player versus player mode. For Overwatch 2, Blizzard will switch PvP from two teams of six, the current player account, uh, in Overwatch to two teams of five. That's right, the game that's been a, a 6v6 battle for the past five years will change to 5v5. Overwatch game director Aaron Keller announced the change during a live stream on Thursday. Keller said that the new team composition of Overwatch 2 will consist of two damage heroes, two support heroes, and one tank. Keller explained that tanks can be problematic and noisy, and that Blizzard has always tried to make our combat easy to read and very understandable, and sometimes it's just hard to track what 11 other players are doing on the battlefield. Tim, yesterday, me and Andy and uh, um, uh, Snowmic Mike And Imran uh, did a reaction, like a two hour long live reaction to the Overwatch uh, 2 gameplay stream that they did yesterday, revealing all the PvP stuff along with the 5v5. They also revealed uh, a couple more maps. They talked more about the push mode. Uh, We got to see a lot more of what the gameplay changes were. Right now, joining us, we have twitch.tv slash Andy Cortez, because again, he was there uh, to react live, and I know he has a lot to say. But uh, before we even get to Andy, I'll just say that I think this is a great change. I think this is a really good thing for Overwatch. they they mentioned right trying to make it more a, a little bit more focused and a little a little bit less chaotic and more manageable and them switching it down to 5e5 i think does a lot for that uh but without further ado Andy Cortez when you're muted i don't know if you realize that but if you can unmute yourself <laughs> and let us know what you think
3: what's up gamers um yeah dude big news pretty exciting stuff i totally agree with you bless i think it does become a less chaotic product i do think that it makes the it does a lot of stuff for me. It makes the tank role more appealing. Um, across mm-hmm. the board, tanks have been the least popular role to select. It's always... Dam- Everybody wants to play a damage character, and then Nexus support, and then tanks are the third um, option there. And so that's why whenever you try to hop online, Blizzard will try to entice you to play tank and say, hey, you get a free loot box right now to play tank, because that's how little anybody wants to play tank. So not only... Reducing that role to one tank is, I think, a super smart decision. But that's also going to really decrease a lot of queue times. You know, people wait sometimes fairly long to get into games because nobody wants to pick tank and everybody's queued up for damage. Um, And so that'll definitely lower the queue times there since there's one less role to actually fill a spot for. But beyond that, the tank role also just becomes a little bit more formidable it becomes a little bit more fun to play i would say because they are going to make these tanks have more abilities and you know maybe not even adding abilities but just multiplying their abilities so we all know we saw in that demo reinhardt has this move called fire strike where he swings the hammer shoots sort of a wave of damage towards an enemy and now Reinhardt could do that two times in a row now with without mm. a cooldown. Um, yep.
0: Zarya we, has two charges on her. Yeah, orb. Zarya I mean, it can, seems like they're doing a lot for Zarya can bubble herself
3: twice. Yeah, they're they're essentially making these uh, Winston now, who's the 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 big gorilla who just sort of flies all over the map, instead of just being more of a zoning type character to jump on the back line and then peel out whenever you need to to get healed. Uh, Winston now has. At first, Winston only had this sort of electrical charge thing that would be really, really close range. And when that sort of runs out of ammo, you back out and you piece the hell out because you don't want to get killed and you know sort of destroyed or whatever. But now Winston has this sort of charge beam shot to go along with that, um, to just make these characters a little bit more fun. And I think it's, I think it's fucking great. And it's also going to make. Overwatch League more interesting because not only will it, you know, reduce that visual clutter like they were mentioning, but I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of going to be a lot of tank players without jobs now, which is yeah. A well, I big mean, there's bummer.
0: literally I should pull up the IGN article because there is an IGN article that went up uh, right before we even started recording that was about how uh, there are Overwatch players that are fearing for their jobs after the the PVP updates. Uh, I have it right here is from Joe uh, uh It goes like this. Blizzard yesterday announced that Overwatch will see its PvP mode reduced from 6v6 to 5v5 when Overwatch 2 is released, and it's a move that's left many professional players of the game worried about their future in the eSport and dismayed about the way it was announced. In a two-hour livestream, the Overwatch team announced the change, which will see one tank class role removed from PvP games. At the same time, the tank role as a whole uh, is being being adapted for Overwatch 2, with many characters seemingly due to to receive major changes to their playstyle. Following the announcement, multiple tank players in the in the official Overwatch League signaled their their dismay, not just not just at having to uh, relearn their chosen characters for the highest levels of play, but also at the potential of being uh, dropped from their rosters. Many also pointed out that they were that they weren't consulted by Blizzard ahead of the changes being made or announced, which is a thing that, as they were making this announcement, I didn't think about too heavily. I think I I I, I think you might have brought it up, and I thought about it way of like, oh shit, yeah, this is gonna really shake up competitive overwatch but i didn't think about the way that people's lives are literally gonna be changed by a small game update which one is a is a a signal for how far video games have come right and how big video game culture is you know i wouldn't think about it in that aspect but two is a real thing right and is a real fear for these players and andy like for you in the way that they announced it do you think that they should have like handled that more carefully given that it is such a big deal not just to their community but to the professional community
3: I mean, I don't know if there's any right way to do it. You know, it's similar to when we hear about game developers learning that they were fired or laid off through a tweet, you know, through some industry insider, you know, leaking info that everybody's getting laid off. So... There's there I think the right thing to do would maybe have been to let them know beforehand, but then that info leaks and then yeah. the community it's gets like, mad anyway. Do I, I how don't do know you if there's let, a right like, way the, to do it.
0: How do you let the entire Overwatch pro community let uh know this without it being a wide announcement to everybody? Because sure that info is gonna leak.
3: I'm sure you just do it, but also, you know, Blizzard wants to sort of make this a bigger announcement, right? Now that's not gonna now, granted, you know, whenever we talk about pro overwatch or even just overwatch play y'all there's always a main tank and an off tank and the main tank is always going to be you know like a reinhardt with the big shield to protect and the off tank will be more of an offensive sort of tank to sort of you know complement the rest of the team and um now that the teams will still need that right like there's it's not like Everybody's gonna lose their job. Like their teams will still carry. Oh, on this map we like to go this, and this player can play these characters, but that player can play those characters. But we don't need that until this next map or whatever. So, like the strategy there is, I I think, still works out. But there definitely will be people, you know, getting laid off and not having a spot unless they really fight for it. But what one thing that
0: that's half of all tanks right there, right? Like if you main a tank uh, for a professional team, like. 50% 50% of y'all are getting laid off pretty yeah, much. Yeah, for
3: the most part, if you're a tank player, you play, you are an off tank player like the Divas or uh, Roadhog or Zarya, or you're a main tank like a Winston or a Reinhardt. But one thing that it, that it does fix, I think, is that one thing that we saw happening a lot in Overwatch is damage players don't want to wait for their long queue times because it takes forever to queue into a damage game so they just play an off tank anyway and it may be a character that they don't give a shit about but hey i can click ahead and feel good about it and it feels more of an offensive type role and that this will definitely mitigate a lot of those issues where you have somebody joining into a game who's like "Yeah, i'm a damage player but i'm here to play tank because you know i don't want to wait to play damage so i'll just play whatever role kind of Feels more like the players that I, or more like the heroes that I'm used to, which kind of like sucks because it's like, well, I mean, you clearly don't even want to be playing this hero that you're sort of queuing up to play. You just didn't want to wait for damage, and so I think this is going to help a lot with with those issues.
0: What did the stream yesterday do for your hype levels? You know, are you are you more excited for? can we can we get a, get a nip check are you more excited for overwatch 2 after yesterday's stream or are you still in the same place or like where are you at? oh
3: a thousand percent i mean i've been excited for it we saw a couple comments in there saying like damn this is a lot of dev time just for this but i mean you got to keep in mind they have to diversify and a lot of that diversification went towards single player which is which was that other big stream that we had with where their single player basically looks like left for dead and it is tons of different story maps and and things of that nature but i mean i'm stoked as hell there's They're getting rid of two point capture, which is widely known as the least favorite to the least favorite mode for people to play in Overwatch. That new push mode is basically sort of a a different version of King of the Hill, which is really neat. And all the new maps look awesome. I'm just really excited to actually hopefully play some sort of closed beta in the next, you know, maybe at the end of the year or something like that, because, you know, it's just. I know the capability of Blizzard and how beautiful they can make this game. And it just looks, you know, kind of doo-doo when you're looking at it on a compressed yeah, on YouTube a stream. stream. <laughs> like, it's hard to really get the full visuals there with with all the looks and, you know, all the changes to the UI and um, just making things a little bit easier to read and understand. So, I yeah, I can't wait to finally see some sort of beta program. Hopefully by the end of the year, if not, I'm guessing the beginning of next year.
0: Mm-hmm. Tim, where are you at with Overwatch 2? Is this something that you're gonna jump in when it comes out? I forget, did you play uh, Overwatch 1 at all?
1: Yeah, I, I played as much as I play first-person shooters, but for, mm. compared to that, I played Overwatch a lot, actually. Uh, but I'm really excited about the story-based stuff. Like That's really, really where my love for Overwatch lies is in the characters, and I love the shorts that they put out, and I, I've always kind of wanted more of a campaign out of Overwatch, and Overwatch 2 doesn't seem like it's quite doing that in a full way, but the different like one-off uh, story stuff sounds really really cool to me, mm-hmm. and I'm definitely does it, excited. Does about it
0: that. does it being somewhat of a Left for Dead meets let's say like I uh games of service type thing like where it is customize your characters customize your abilities customize all that stuff and go into these organized missions with friends does that speak to you does that make you no. more excited for it no
1: no no it doesn't but uh i i will do it you know what i mean like the, mm-hmm. that's one of those things where there's the overwatch it has the gameplay i love the the style of game that it is and i, I think that it it is it's a fantastic game and just kind of getting more single player stuff more pve stuff i'm really am excited for that side of it but with the oh, yeah. pvp doesn't matter to me 5v5 6v6 like if andy's happy i'm happy for him. you know what i mean <laughs> uh it is crazy to think about the the ripple effects of people losing jobs and all that and like how do these decisions really have huge impacts and that is something that activision has to make decisions about because they are the ones that run the overwatch league right like it's not like the esports side of it is just an aspect that other people handle like they have ownership of that so and, and we of, we just saw
3: that recently on Call of Duty Pro League, where Call of Duty dropped from five v five to four v four. Like mm-hmm. this just happened with another Activision type product, and yeah. a lot of people lost jobs there too. And you know, um, so yeah, it's it's kind of weird to see how I guess heavily influenced the esports community can have over a product, mm-hmm. um, because you know when I was doing or all not. these over or, or not, yeah, when I was doing all these Overwatch League. Um, sort of watch longs on, on stream or whatever. Winston is kind of the meta right now. And there's also a new hero called, Ek- a newer hero called Echo, which can clone an enemy hero on the enemy team. And a lot of the times, Winston, who, you know, is very, very fast moving, it's not like a precise player kind of just like getting headshots. When Winston ults, it is visual overload this dude is flying all over the place slapping people against the walls like zoning people getting like knocking people out and then the echo would clone the Winston and then get the Winston ult oh, God. in a different yeah. form it's like ice and, climbers and, and like it, it's already a hard game to watch you know there's several people that would be in chat being like I don't know like this is kind of tough to follow yeah, like, what's
0: going on right now
3: and when Winston is the meta and there's just so much visual overload with the just crazy particle effects everywhere it becomes even more difficult to follow so i i do think a lot of that uh, a lot of overwatch league has lent to you know the idea that man this game does need to be a little bit easier to follow on simpler, the eyes yeah. and not just be like well, like what the fuck first off this youtube compressed stream can't even show what's happening cuz there's so many fucking colors and it's just all artifacty all over the place you know which is why they all, they'll often cut to the the flyover camera Mm -hmm. which just sort of shows the battlefield from like a third person kind of uh floating cam as opposed to the first person view so uh it is wild to see how because i truly think the league has kind of influenced a lot of these changes as well
1: yeah, I mean, that's interesting, but I, I do think uh, a important thing to point out is, like, this is Overwatch 2. It's not like they're just changing Overwatch 1 and its team structure. Like, it is a brand new experience that they're trying to create to, like, these decisions aren't just being made randomly. Like, they're, they're doing this on purpose because this is the way they see the future of Overwatch and hopefully making more jobs for more teams <laughs> to play uh, in 5v5 because um, mm-hmm. like clearly they're trying to make this a uh, viable product both from a gameplay perspective and from a audience perspective of people watching as a eSport.
0: Before we move on, Andy, do you have any any final words on Overwatch 2?
3: No, no, I'm good, guys.
0: Thank you so much for joining us, Andy. Have a good day. Of course. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> uh, you can go to patreon.com slash games where you can get the show ad-free, but if you're watching this segment right here, right now, that means you didn't, and so you're about to get some ads. So let us tell you, about our sponsors
1: this episode is brought to you by caviar loving good food doesn't necessarily mean you're able to cook well if you want a good meal but need a little help let the restaurant come to you caviar can help i do it all the time Let's be honest. I can't cook at all. And that's fine because I have Caviar to help me. Any food that I'm looking for, they will come deliver it right to my door. It's easy. It's great. Next thing you know, I'm eating some good food. Caviar is the food delivery app for people that are into good food. They bring the best local restaurants directly to your doorstep. Other apps may have the national chains, but Caviar keeps it local. Those hidden gems in your neighborhood, they're on Caviar. And I know this well. All the local taquerias that I love so much are now at my fingertips tips and they come right to my door and it's fantastic. If you're not sure what you want to eat, you can let Caviar's staff picks recommend the best spots in your neighborhood to find your new favorite. Caviar curates local options for every taste, whether it's the perfect Reuben from the sandwich shop or the best Indian vegan curry. You always have options for whatever you want and options are always good, my friends. Uh, Just for you guys out there, Caviar is offering $10 off an order of $20 or more. All you have to do is put in the offer code KINDAFUNNY at checkout. Remember, that's $10 off a purchase of $20 or more with the offer code KINDAFUNNY. Download the Caviar app and use offer code KINDAFUNNY. Funny, kind of funny. And next up, shout out to Credit Karma. Okay, Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. And who doesn't want instant gratification like that? Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. You just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Uh, Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. That's awesome. Uh, Right now, you can visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Who doesn't want to win money? Uh, Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary exclusions and terms apply see rules banking services provided by mvp bank inc member fdic maximum balance and transfer limits apply one more time that's credit karma.com win money
0: then we got three more news stories, uh, mm-hmm. and I've I've titled them. Let's watch some game trailers. We had a few Ooh. game trailers drop, yeah, this morning and and yesterday afternoon. Uh, let's start off with story number three. Mass Effect's Normandy is now now available in No Man's Sky. Uh, I'm pulling from Joe Scrabble at IGN and and uh, bear All these trailers you can just play as I read through the stories. No, I refuse. A mysterious. I refuse. Oh, well, damn. Well, damn. Uh, A mysterious expedition within No Man's Sky has led to a very unexpected discovery. Mass Effect's iconic ship, the Normandy SR-1, is now inside the game. As part of the new expedition's feature, players have been taking part in a new timed event, the Beachhead Expedition. That expedition is taking players across multiple planets, solving puzzles, and eventually receiving a mission called anomalous research which calls for players to track a pattern in time a strange signal emerging across multiple realities it turns out that signal has been coming from the normandy by complete by completing the expedition's five stages players will earn the ship as an s-class firefight or no s-class freighter uh sadly it's not a directly pilotable ship but it's likely to become the jewel of many players fleets the expedition is only available to complete until May thirty first. So if you want to add the Normandy to your game, make sure to jump in soon. Uh and yeah, like it looks super cool. Like this is such a such a cool thing. It's always awesome to check back into No Man's Sky and see that they're doing bigger and greater things by the month, it seems like.
1: Yeah. Dude, it, that's it's really cool, man. No Man's Sky is such a turnaround story, and like having these type of collabs, super cool. Especially it being like a fun, like Easter eggy type thing. Like those moments are what make those type of games special.
0: Yeah, and then timing it with the release of Mass Effect Legendary Edition is also such a really cool thing. Uh, Like now, I I beat Mass Effect One, everybody. I finished the game, and now that I like, I'm I'm familiar with the world. I know what the Normandy is. I look at this and I'm like, damn! Like, how exciting is that? Especially when you think of it in the instance of Mass Effect being this, you know, big release in 2007. You know, being this game where you can explore planets, explore explore space, do all that fun stuff, and No Man's Sky essentially being this game that came out a decade later, and it being kind of the future version of that. Of course, it took a, a minute to get there, but now that it's there, right? Like No Man's Sky is the game now that you look to as the game where you're exploring planets, going so around, hang out in space, hang yeah. out in the space, and in a way, it's Math Effect's baby. You know, in in, in some in, in some essence, uh, yeah. and so it's super awesome to kind space of see Daddy. that. Space, space Daddy, yeah, exactly. Bless, how long did it
2: take you to beat uh, Mass Effect 1? Uh,
0: I want to say my game cl- my game clock was at, like, 17, 18 hours. Okay. I mainlined it for the mo- for the most part, yeah. though. I didn't I'm, do I'm, many I'm like of the side quests. i like, six
2: hours in. I, I, I started doing some side quests uh, the other night, so... But yeah. no, I, I also picked a... I, I restarted Psychonauts 1, because I'm expecting 2 Ooh. to come out soon, so... Mm. Now i got to... F- figure out the balance between these two games it
0: took it took way quicker than i expected to beat mass effect one and in the time the time flew by i was surprised by how quick it felt like i beat that game mm. uh and I was, I was playing with the idea that like i want to get to mass effect two and three because i know the gameplay shines way better in those games and so like if i can get mass effect one over with and get into two and yeah. three that's where i'm gonna really i, w- I want to at get least get to stuff.
2: two and like get into a chunk of two before like i decide to drop off of it so yeah i, I still want to push through
1: yeah, uh, Barrett. I sent assets a video that I would like to watch because oh. now we're in this trailer watching time. It's not a trailer, but it is a Mass Effect thing that we mm. made at IGN a long time ago, and I haven't seen it in a long time, so we'll see. We'll While see Barrett's what pulling this, this, is. this
0: up, Tim, have you? Are you going to play Legendary Edition? I feel like I've asked this before, but I've yeah, yeah, yeah
1: I, uh, definitely. I, not well, not sorry, not definitely. I'm going to give it mm. a shot. I, I've never really gotten into to Mass Effect. I I beat the first game a long time ago uh, mm. when it came out, or when it came out on playstation eventually yeah um but yeah there's something about it where i was just like like, i i'm not super grabbed by this type of game but that's a me problem Mm -hmm. yeah let's check this out i'm naomi kyle host of cheap cool crazy the best show on start on our show we point you to some of the most awesome and obscure items on the web and then we give them away as prizes to our viewers this though i'm keeping for myself
0: Oh my and god! And the best part is, she it has comes the biotic arm. the bells and whistles. That's dope as fuck. Yo, oh, that's dope as fuck, okay. man. <laughs> that's awesome. Well,
1: that's my ride.
0: For not audio anymore, listeners, it's, it's just the Normandy. Oh my god! Miller. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. That.
1: that was so extra. I don't know why we did that. Because <laughs> we had our, our VFX guy, Mike Horn, who was so fucking talented. Yeah, and he was mm-hmm. just like, I have this idea, man. Like, what if we just put it in the
0: sky? And we're like, yeah, dude, let's fucking do it. <laughs> Damn. For audio listeners, right, it was Naomi Kyle. She had the biotic arm. And she's like saying some shit. Greg Miller or the Normandy comes out, come, comes into the sky behind her. Greg Miller comes out of nowhere and bombs the Normandy. That was fantastic. That was great. That was awesome. Why did he do that though? I don't. I don't know why he did that. That's not. I don't even know if that's canon. I'm not far on, the on, There's one more. No, I'm
2: pretty sure that. Uh, yeah,
0: that's. That,
1: it's in between three and four. I'm pretty sure that's canon.
0: <laughs> in between three and four, Greg Miller bombs in Normandy. Yeah. <laughs> one.
1: One more thing that I want to show you guys actually to yeah. keep in this dumb IGN Mass Effect stuff oh, that we've God, done. Yeah. This is the April Fool's video that. Bless. Now you have a little more context because you've you played the game, mm-hmm. but you're gonna love this couple familiar voices. Keep your ears tuned.
0: Electronic Arts Television. That's great.
1: The Reapers are destroying my planet. Alliance News Network viewers expect us to do something.
3: Oh, we'll do something. Joker. Yes, Commander. Tell the council we're forming a committee to come to a consensus. About aliens. Aye aye, Commander. But Clan, we're gonna be late for the Battle of the Bands! Not accurate. According to my calculations, we can defeat the Reapers with rock and roll. Beat Cerberus in the Battle of the Bands, kill all Reapers simultaneously. Efficient. I like that babble talk. Mass Effect, tune up! Now I know
0: why they call them Biotic Amps! (laughs) (laughs)
1: Here <laughs> <laughs> for a slap, bless. One, two, three, Peace. Come Peace. Commander Shepard. Space crime fighting and rocking the galaxy. Garrus. Draw. Rex. Keeble. Tally. So
0: that's Damon. Damon. Hatfield. Watch Become <laughs> the Reaper's Mass Effect.
1: And Nick Scarpedo. Yeah, use was doing the backup vocals, yeah. Mix the one, to with the backup vocals. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> anyway, there you go. God bless them,
0: man. Written <laughs> by Mike Trucker. That's yeah, awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. Shout oh, out to IGN boy, and the yeah. April Fool's gags. IGN d- doesn't so fail good. to impress with the, with the <laughs> April Fool's gag. I was honored when I got the email for the last one which was the the Zoom Battle Royale one. I got that email and I was like, hell yeah. Hell Another yeah, I'm I can, history. Check off, yeah, I, can, I can check off my uh, my, uh, my list of things I need to do before I, I leave this mortal plane. Uh, so Alright. Let's move over to story number four. We got more trailers for you. Uh, Devolver Digital's Phantom Abyss is a game that they revealed yesterday. It looks like Fall Guys meets Indiana Jones. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna huh? read a quick write up uh, from Sean Prescott at PC Gamer. Yeah, Tim. Oh, and, oh. and you know what? Throw in Legends Legends of the Hidden Ta- Temple in there too. It looks like that also.
1: Very cool.
0: Phantom Abyss is a first-person roguelike about exploring randomized temples laden with traps and bottomless chasms. Uh, The whip-wielding protagonist is fast and agile, but not particularly violent. Their job is to retrieve sacred relics, and as far as I can tell, there's no combat in Phantom Abyss. The whip can be used as a kind of grappling hook, or else to to trigger switches, but you won't be slaying bats with it. Tonally, it sits somewhere between Splunky and Indiana Jones, with a touch of Fall Guys and its obstacle obstacle course-style progression. In a nice touch, during each run, you'll be accompanied by the ghosts of up to 20 other players, who you can either ignore or follow. Doing the ladder, uh, doing the ladder might help you avoid a hidden trap or lead you to an upgrade you might otherwise have missed. It works. It works well, kind of.
1: What's up? Sorry, th- I just got scared from a trap.
0: Oh, some some shit happened in the video. Uh, it works kind of <laughs> like the ghosts in Dark Souls games. Only you'll be able to to chase Phantom Abyss's ghosts from the beginning of the run all the way to their to their death. As you'd expect, the deeper into the temple, the better the rewards. There are different unlockable whips to obtain, as well as some neat-sounding traversal skills. You can unlock double jump, an Apex Legends-style extended slide, and a glide jump, among other things. Phantom Abyss is in development at Brisbane-based studio Team Team Wibby and published by Devolver Digital. It hits early access next month sometime, where it'll stay for at least a year, while the game gets new rooms, traps, whips, in-zones, as well as other features. And let me tell you, this game looks dope. I mean, this it. looks incredible.
1: I am very, very excited to play this. I am also very excited for the Bethesda Indiana Jones game because, like this, this looks super, super rad, man. And I, I want to see the Fall Guys template applied to other things, to way more other things because there's something there, you know, something incredible. And this seems like a really cool use of that, like the Legends of the Hidden Temple vibe. Very, very, very cool.
0: Yeah, that's the thing I love so much about video games is that like you see, like you see a great idea come through, and you see. Multiple other iterations of that great idea come through that are inspired and fresh. And so, yeah, the idea of marrying Indiana Jones and Legends of the Hidden Temple with Fall Guys, I think is such a genius idea. Uh, and them doing it with the ghosts. So, it is this thing of like, all right, do I, I'm going to like keep an eye on this person. All right, cool. They got murdered by that thing. I know not to go that way, but this guy yeah. is going around a crevice. I wonder if that's going to take me to a thing. I think that's such a cool idea. And there's uh, so much potential there. And so, I'm looking forward to that early access. I want to give that one a try.
1: I guarantee. That snow bike mike and the crew will be playing that on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games
0: hell yeah then our last one story number five hot wheels unleashed revealed their new college college campus environment uh this comes from a press release that they emailed out this morning and if you're wondering what is hot wheels unleashed this is one that tim brought up to us on a games cast recently that's a new hot wheels game that looks surprisingly good (laughs) where i think we're all pretty pretty excited about this hot wheels game yeah uh The press release goes like this, reminiscent of an of a typical garbage truck. On is it on fire? Uh,
1: Well, hopefully. Uh, Well, yeah, we'll see.
0: (laughs) Reminiscent of a typical American university, the college campus features a complex environment that has three main areas: the library, the classroom, and the chemistry lab. Players are able to build courses that twist and turn from room to room, using the main hallway as a connector, though the more daring students may notice that the school's ventilation systems achieves the same purpose. And yeah, like, looking at it, this game God, continues this to so look surprisingly dope. good. This is a, this is one that we also got. We got to do a bunch of fucking
2: streams on. Oh, so yeah. yeah.
0: I really um, hope this is fantastic. Same. I hope this is, like, a standout. <laughs> oh, yeah. Same. Because it looks good, and the idea that you can build your own courses based off the environments are... Really dope, dope. Also, right? Like that really carries the the idea of Hot Wheels being able to, to put to toge- put together these these different things uh, and be creative with it. I need another uh, fun
2: new car racer that isn't eight uh, Mario Kart eight. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Mm-hmm.
0: Have we not gotten? We got a. What, what about that Crash Crash Team Racing? No, I've never you didn't, you didn't play that?
2: Team, not a Crash Team Racing. No. So
0: good. Yeah, so what about good. a Team Sonic Racing? Did you play Team Sonic? Absolutely not. Absolutely
1: not. Absolutely not, not. We talked about that Nickelodeon uh, racer time. last year. Transforms well. good. Mm all-stars sonic all-stars racing transformed was a good one but yeah. i didn't like team that Sanitary, was forever so, ago yeah
0: here's the thing you can't i mean you can't talk about like you know i need another kart race to play out tomorrow card if you're not trying any of the ones that came out since you know what i mean, I mean it's not Jump that I'm trying they're just not good play blessing. some dreams play some dreams car oh, they're okay. so good
1: you can't <laughs> say ctr is not good you might not like it yeah, it is I, I can't say it's I, I good. I, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah. But yeah. the Nickelodeon
2: kart racer, not great. Mm-hmm. great. I like not great. Kind of we can definitively racing. say that. Not great. Not great.
0: The team Sonic Racing, I, I think, makes for a fun afternoon and a half. That was a, that was a fun game when I played it. Uh, but, Tim, I'm very excited for Yo, this. Hold on. What up?
1: Sorry. Uh, the episode, I think, that we talked about uh, that Nickelodeon. You know what? That's totally off. doesn't matter. What I'm trying to say is that we played that crazy taxi clone mm-hmm. recently. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yep. So that kind of got me down to Crazy Taxi kick that we had that story last week about Sega. um, The Super Game? The, the, the Super Game and potentially revitalizing mm. like old franchises or whatever. Uh, and they mentioned Crazy Taxi. I was looking into it. I was like, oh, there's a, a mobile version of Crazy Taxi. So I downloaded it. It's free. And guess mm. what? It, it has good? the original soundtrack. <gasps> Oh, oh, it's the original really cool. fucking game with the offspring. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, there's yeah, a free, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a free version of fucking crazy taxi. That's just the original game. What? It's that's awesome. Now.
0: Yeah. Crazy. You know, I might give that a download. That's crazy. Tim, you know what else is crazy? What? The fact that the Hot Wheels Unleashed game is so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to mom drop shops today, where'd I look?
1: The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday.
0: Yeah. Out today we got Metopia for the Switch. Uh what's the other one? Metomo, was it Metomo? Tomodachi mm-hmm. Life. Tomodachi Life, that's what I'm thinking of. Release Tomodachi Life. I want to try that one out. It, it's uh, Metopia
2: is out with that new uh, blue uh, Switch light as well.
0: Oh, that sounds cool. Uh we got cosmic top secret coming out for the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch today. Guards is out for Switch, Wanna Survive for Switch, Gut Whale for Switch, Knockout City for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, which I think we'll be playing right after this at the start of our uh, uh kind of slash Palestine stream. Uh and with that, got-
1: real quick, let's get an update. Hmm. We are officially at twenty six thousand one hundred and thirty six. Y'all killing the it. game. But can we get to twenty
0: seven thousand? In the next 10 minutes, God, let's, do it. Slash let's do it. Uh, Driving World Aspen is out today on Switch, Guards is out on Xbox One, and then Rust is out today on PS4 and Xbox One. I feel like that was a long time coming, Rust on the PS4 and Xbox One. So, there you go. Uh, we got one new date for you, Pekka Pekka Minosa uh, hits the Nintendo Switch and Steam on May 27th. And then deal of the day for you, this week's free Epic Games Store title is NBA 2K21. Tim, folks Mm -hmm. can go over to patreon.com slash Games where they can get the show ad-free, but they can also write in with their questions, just like Jordan Lee Rowan did. Jordan Lee Rowan wrote in to say this. Will this online E3 be a one-off thing or an evolution of the event? Once the world feels safer, will E3 just go back to an in person event the way it used to be? Or is this online element here to stay? Tim Geddes, what do you think?
1: Let me introduce you to a word you're going to hear a lot over the next couple of years. That word is? Biome. Hi- well, biome for fucking <laughs> sure. We're going to hear a lot. Uh, but hybrid. Hybrid is, is mm. the word I was uh, looking for. We're going to see, start seeing a lot of hybrid implementations for, for live events. And I think that E3 this year, I'm hoping, I got my fingers. that E3 is going to be super baller this year and awesome. If it is, even if it's not, they can take the learnings and apply it to next year and, you know, trying to hopefully every year iterate and make it better and better. We're going to go back to in-person events. E3 will be an in-person event next year. I am almost positive, but I do think that the online digital side of it is only going to keep growing. And I think that's true across the board for everything. Like I think especially Every element of the video game industry, I think, is going to have some type of hybrid model, and I imagine that E3 will be probably the biggest example of it where if this digital stuff works really well, I can see it being the majority of what matters about E3 with the in-person thing really kind of being more just for hands-on experiences with games and previews and so forth.
0: Yeah. I think there's been so much growth over the last year uh with companies and how how they handle their events and their presentations and revealing their games. Uh uh the the constraints of quarantine I think is done so much in terms of companies adapting and figuring out digital events and figuring out the branding for it. Ubisoft Forward is a thing that exists now because of quarantine. And mm-hmm. when uh things start to work their way back to, to normalcy, I don't think that goes away. I think Ubisoft forward is the thing that's here to stay. I think other similar digital events are things that are here to stay. And that, and I think that'll feed back into the thing of, all right, what does that mean for E3? You know, like if Ubisoft doesn't want to hold a physical event at E3 because that costs so much money and is so much work, and they can probably do uh, the same thing digitally and have just as big of an impact, uh, you know, that brings up the question of why do it? And you are going to see, I think, after this E3, right? Based on the success of it and how well it, it ends up do it, it, it ends up doing. You're gonna see, uh, companies make decisions as far as, all right, cool. We're gonna do a digital event, but we'll just connect it to E3 in terms of brands, and maybe we'll do demos at a physical E3. But mm-hmm. in terms of our big presentation, we're gonna separate that a little bit more. Uh, or hey, like doing doing stuff, doing demos, you know, via Parsec or via Discord has worked so well for us over the last year. Why stop doing that? You know, when yeah. flying people out or uh, uh, throwing these big events costs us so much money. If we can have the same impact while doing it this way that we've been doing, why change it? I think you're going to see people ask that same question. But with... The with how E3 has been operating over the last few months in terms of announcing the partnerships, announcing what it looks like, see, it seems like they're making a lot of the right moves, which I was very worried about toward the beginning of the year. Close and closer we get to E3, the more and more confident that I personally am in E3, and I think that might speak to the sense of them. Uh, that might speak speak to the sense of importance that E3 has in the industry in terms of centralizing uh, all of this stuff. And again, if that works, I don't think you're going to see E3 go away. I think you'll still see – I think uh, Tim is correct in terms of it being a hybrid, and you'll see people still connect themselves to E3 in some way, way, shape, or form.
1: Yeah, totally. I'm still shocked that we don't have dates for the conference. We don't know what E3 looks like from a schedule perspective, and we are weeks away. It's really weird. We don't need to know because it is digital, and it's just – once they give us the the answers it's like okay cool we're all gonna be there like we we don't we have the, the week booked you know what i mean but it's just like we're interested in the timing of these things we want to know what it's actually going to look like uh but in terms of the the hybrid stuff like you know uh i saw a reddit thread on on our reddit a couple maybe a week ago talking about when we go back to the studio or to the new studio are we still gonna have uh call in guests and stuff like that because back when we were at the old studio we didn't do it we if you had to be in the room at the table yeah, with us to do the show. It, it wasn't wired and set up in an in, efficient in in yeah. way for that. The
0: like, most you would know, have is Greg calling somebody on his phone and talking to exactly.
1: him uh, But even more than that, it was a thing where it's like we made the decision content-wise where it's like we wanted the energy. We wanted people in the room. We didn't want to deal with all the tech problems and stuff. But we've now had a year of – figuring out, ironing out all the tech problems. Well, for the most part, you know, it'll never be perfect. But mm-hmm. the thing is, we all have these home setups, and it's not just kind of funny. So many people in the industry have some mic setup, some camera setup that they didn't have before, you know? And I think that that's not going to change. So I imagine that uh, that's just an example of, like, the game's media side. Like, when we do go back to the studio, it will be some type of hybrid thing where we can still have call and stuff because the tech is there, the setups are there for uh, people to be able to you know, Paris will be able to be on XCast still or or whatever. Mm. And if that is true for us, that's definitely true for the industry as a whole. And for things like E3 and PAX and whatever, where it's like, it just gives people more options to, to do different types of stuff. Like the conventions like RTX, for example, they, they've really found success with their, with making a digital convention. I don't think that's going to go away. I just think it will be in addition to a real in life.
0: Person, yeah, like you right. look at what Jeff Keeley did with Opening Night Live and how good of a setup that was, and I can't imagine that they're like, "Cool, we did this once. Now let's throw this all away and go back totally to how things used to be." Right? Like, I think you continue to make use of those those things that you set up and mm-hmm. figure out ways to make it easy for, easy for everybody. Now that you've that, but now that's that's what you said, right? Like, we have a way to make these things happen, whereas before, like, we didn't really w- want to go through that struggle of of trying to to establish the stuff, but now we've been forced to, and so. Hey, we Mm -hmm. have it. Like, let's use it. Totally. Uh, So there you go. Tim, every now and Mm. then on Kind of Funny Games Daily, we have what we called required reading. Uh, And for today we have it once more. Uh, I'm going to shout out an article from gamesindustry.biz from Marie Dale Sandry titled, Ubisoft has reportedly made minimal changes following abuse allegations. Uh, I encourage folks to go over and check out gamesindustry.biz, check out that article. Uh, Over the last year, especially during last summer, we talked a lot about uh, a lot of the allegations that were coming out of uh, many places in the industry, but specifically Ubisoft, uh, there was sort of a focus there for a second, and it's been one of those things where it's hard to it's hard to check in, right? Because companies are so private, it's hard to like really follow up on things like this. But uh, Marie D'Allesandro has a good article here, following up essentially on what that looks like. Uh, I'm gonna read part of the article, and if you want to get the full thing, because it's a longer piece, you can go check that out out again on GamesIndustry.biz. The article starts off like this: Ubisoft is not out of the woods yet, following the numerous allegations of harassment and sexual misconduct at the company that emerged last year. An an investigation by French publication Le Telegram uh, published in in early May uh, revealed that a first wave of legal proceedings was due to start this month in relation to the harassment cases. The collective action is led by Solidaire's. Informatique Je Video, uh, a games worker union that had previously called for testimonies to build a case against Ubisoft. Since the wave of accusations targeting Ubisoft's toxic culture, which also pointed at serious dysfunction in its its HR departments, the company has attempted to make changes, but the impact of these changes seems to have been minimal so far, the publication reported. Uh, Again, Marie's article goes more in depth in terms of breaking that down what that looks like who's still there who's not there like all all the stuff that you need to know regarding that um but if you want to stay informed boom there you go go check out that article tim folks can go over to funny.com slash you're wrong where they can write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can set the record straight for those watching and listening later on youtube and on podcast services around the globe next level nick wrote in and says the canceled amazon game blessing was thinking of is crucible you're absolutely correct thank you so much for that polish ryan wrote in and says not a you're wrong but can we take a moment to tip our hats to barrett for the work he has done this week hard work behind the scenes giving the viewers slash listeners the entertainment well done barrett and i echo that barrett has done a fantastic job well, Kevin has been out of town. So thank you, Barrett. Thank good you work. guys
2: for for the appreciation. Like I've been saying, I don't know how Kevin does it every week. But... Yeah.
1: <laughs> he's there he's you a go. crazy man. I'm a
2: very tired yeah. boy. I'm going to take a nap later Have today. a good weekend. You
1: were, you've
0: <laughs> earned a nap. You've earned a nap. Uh, and then Nino Ball just wrote in with a mist out today. Scarlet Nexus demo is out on Xbox today. And so if you want to check that out, go check that out. Uh, Scarlet yeah. Nexus looks fun. That's one that I know Andy's been talking a lot about. Oh, yeah.
1: Dad. It looks really cool uh arc i want to read this one too Tim's, tim tim mm-hmm. said that overwatch 2 will be a completely new experience however when overwatch 2 was announced blizzard stated that the pvp will be cross compatible with overwatch 1 this should mean that overwatch 1 will get the same 5v5 changes and hero updates very interesting very good point
0: oh yeah oh yeah that was when i assumed uh you knew that's why i didn't i didn't i didn't bring it up because yeah like that's it's essentially overwatch 2 is going to be overwatch 2 is the sequel but this cross play with overwatch one overwatch one will be getting a lot of the same updates overwatch two mm-hmm. i believe the thing is that the single player specifically is going to be exclusive to overwatch two along with probably some technical upgrades the game will probably look better they, there's still a lot more yet to be revealed in terms of what that looks like but uh yeah no like it is they're, they are connected um in a sense mm-hmm. today's friday which means next week is a whole new week for kind of funny games daily next week's hosts go like this on monday it's me and Tim. That's right. We're back at it like a bad habit. Tuesday, it's Greg and Gary a Wednesday, it's me and Tim again. Thursday, it's me and Tim again. Is this right? <laughs> Are we it really hosting right. that it many It is right. Days? I mean, it, that might change, <laughs> but for now, that
1: is that is what it is. Tim, Tim, Tim. And then Tim. Friday.
0: <laughs> holy shit. And then Friday, it's Greg and me. Oh, damn. You're getting me a lot next week. Uh, so strap yourselves in. After this. We're streaming for the Palestine Children's Relief Fund. Come hang out, have fun, and donate to a good cause. Remember, that is kindofunny.com slash Palestine to learn more and donate. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Uh, today, we'll actually not have a post show because of the Palestine uh, uh, fundraiser that we're doing uh, over on Twitch. We all got to transition to that so we can start timely. And so I hope you guys understand uh, they're on Patreon. And like, I think the other day we had a very long post show. And so I hope that makes up for it. Um, but for now, we're going to go over to twitch.tv slash games to make that happen. Until next time. It's been our pleasure to serve you.